Welcome to another episode of Juggalos for Liberty. I'm your host, Alexander T. Roll, the motherfucking troll. And I hope you all had a happy New Year's and a happy holidays and a Merry Christmas and a happy Thanksgiving. It's been a while since we had an episode. Uh, The last episode was back in October. I had uh, four teeth pulled and two root canals done, so I was apologizing since my previous episode before that was like back in June. Well, uh, my luck and my health didn't get much better. Uh, November 1st, I passed a kidney stone. and I, I just remember waking up at midnight and having to shit, but not being able to. And I was sat on the toilet and my abdomen just started hurting like fucking horribly. Like that was like the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. But regardless, it was only a three millimeter stone. And when you have a kidney stone that is smaller than like five or four millimeters, they don't, they don't really do anything for it aside from give you some painkillers, tell you to drink a lot of water and send your ass home. So I suffered over the week with this. And uh, during that time, I lost about 25 pounds. My body was weak. I was able, you know, I was, I was always exhausted and had like zero energy. So I got nearly 100% better by Thanksgiving and uh, had a great time. I hope you all did also. And then after Thanksgiving, my entire family got sick. I was laying in bed with my two-year-old son at about midnight, <clears throat> and he, he coughed twice, you know, <laughs> and then just a fountain of vomit, and it consisted of uh, cinnamon oatmeal, curdled milk, and pizza. It was all over me, all over the bed, the blankets, the pillows, it, 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 was, it was a mess. So needless to say, the last three months of 2019 whooped my fucking ass. But you know what? I'm finally back. I'm at full health, ready to tackle the new year, which apparently I'm going to need all the help I I can get since we apparently are on the verge of world war three uh no i'm just kidding no we're not anybody who tells you that is just lying anyway this is juggalos for liberty So if you are even the least bit knowledgeable of foreign policy and i'm talking like you haven't been living under a rock okay about shit going on in the middle east uh, you would know that uh, Iran has sponsored terror attacks through their proxy group for decades. They hate us. We don't. We're not really fans of them. So that's no surprise, right? This last few weeks, things have ratcheted up. Okay. Well, it's actually been more than a few weeks. I think it's been a month now, or a couple months. So U.S. officials said Kataib Hasbullah. Uh, enjoyed support from Iran and that and their militia group and then on Sunday December 29th the US had hit weapons storage facilities and bases used to plot terror attacks on coalition forces at least 55 fighters were injured <clears throat> the pentagon said it was responding to uh, responding after the group had fired more than 30 rockets at a US base in the Iraqi city of Kirkuk on Friday killing an American civilian contractor so let's let's all keep that in mind that this has been ratcheting up, you know, before we killed Suleimani. OK, so there are attacks happening already. And I think people are saying that the attacks had ratcheted up because we pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, which was a, which was a shitty deal to begin with, um, because it didn't prevent them from actually increasing their ICBM capabilities and their research and on that. Um, so let's, let's just remember that, okay? Iran has been using its militias to lob rockets at American assets for a while now, and we are just now starting to retaliate. And I know, I know, people are shouting right me, at me right now, we shouldn't be there to begin with, right? And, and there's an argument for that. 
but I'll touch on that later because I agree with you guys. We shouldn't be there to begin with, but we're already there anyway. Anyway, the militia then attacked our embassy on December uh, December 31st, 2019. The U.S. responded by sending hundreds of additional troops to the Persian Gulf region, including approximately 100 U.S. Marines to reinforce security at the Baghdad embassy. No deaths or serious injuries occurred during the attack, and the protest protesters never uh, <clears throat> actually breached the, the main compound. In turn, we took out Soleimani, uh, a guy who has the blood of probably thousands on his hands, and there is currently a debate on how imminent a threat he was, but the case can be made that he has a history and is known for attacking U.S. and coalition forces, so imminent on how imminent? In a month's time? In, uh, in the last next eight hours he was going to kill somebody or kill or attack our group? So make no, no, make no mistake about it, not many people are actually shedding tears over this guy, with the exception of probably the Ayatollahs and the Democrats, of course. So he was on our terror list. But the prior administrations, Bush and Obama, refused to actually take him out because he was an Iranian military leader. They didn't want to, the blowback. So when you hear that Trump was supposed to have gone to Congress first, realize that no, he actually didn't. Because not only was this guy already on our kill list, but he wasn't targeted in Iran. He was killed in Iraq. So this isn't like an assassination. <clears throat> and like I said... The other presidents before, they just didn't want to deal with the blowback, but no one's really saying that he didn't deserve what he had coming to him. Okay? Uh, the administration states that he, Soleimani, was en route to or prepared to attack coalition forces. And like I said, depending on what your definition of imminent is, you can have an argument for that. Uh, I haven't seen the evidence for for how imminent it was yet, so I'm, I'm reserving my judgment for that when there's more information. Uh, but like I said, the president has the authority to take decisive actions if it saves lives. That's how combat zones and war zones work. And that's thanks to the War Powers Act. Now, Iran responded by firing missiles into a couple of our bases and apparently shooting down a plane full of people, which was probably on accident. It wouldn't make sense to purposely shoot down this this plane. Uh, it was a Ukrainian plane with 176 people aboard. There were no survivors. Uh, the video has come out of that incident. And uh, the Iranians late, uh, early today, I think it's Sunday, uh, they, they finally admitted that they actually accidentally shot it down after denying it at first but of course it's trump's fault that they did that you know because if he hadn't provoked first even though they're <clears throat> you know lobbing missiles at us for a while now now democrats voted on restricting the war powers act on thursday the 9th and of course it passed but it, it it's going to die in the senate but there is a legitimate argument to be made that the president isn't supposed to have the powers he currently does during wartime okay so here's what I'm going to say. I know you guys were shouting at me earlier talking about, you know, we're already there. But there is a legitimate argument for restricting the War Powers Act. Rand Paul and Mike Lee un understand this. And, and they, they said that they would support the resolution in restricting the War Powers Act. <sighs> their, their argument is legitimate, okay? Take, uh, it's a legitimate take on the constitutional authority. Unlike the Democrats who are doing this just because, you know, orange man bad. Orange man bad. I, I had to laugh, uh, though, how Ilhan Omar said that the sanctions against Iran are economic warfare, while at the same time supporting sanctions against Israel through the BDS movement. I, I just found that funny. So, in a second, I'm going to touch on the libertarian view of deterrence. It, it, I mean... The nap and all that stuff, you guys, I know you, yeah, it's a touchy subject because, you know, people who are for the wall and and uh, uh, for, uh, you know, stuff in the Middle East that we're doing currently and are pro what 
you know, the War Powers Act. There, you're, you'll get accused of not being libertarian just because you're that. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Now, libertarians largely are isolationists. If libertarians had it their way, we would pull all our forces out of every country in the world. And that's a viewpoint I don't necessarily disagree with. In a perfect world, we wouldn't have to be all the way out there, right? I mean, we should not be nation-building. And we should be focusing on problems here at home. But I've been wondering, to what extent do we exercise preventative measures if we know there are groups or nations out there that work towards seeing our system collapse? What do we do when there is an ideology that sees our liberty as an affront or an abomination, and this ideology encourages its followers to go forth and force assimilate our values and culture into it? Most liberty-minded people adhere to what is called the NAP, the Non-Aggression Principle, a belief that we are only to oblige aggression with those who are aggressive with us, and that any other kind of aggression that isn't retaliatory is frowned upon. I think the NAP is great. Okay, It's an idea that we should all adhere to, but I think the NAP is only applicable in scenarios where others adhere to it also. I mean, you can behold peace, but is there an obligation to ensure peace? I think that's a question the libertarian community needs to ask itself. And yes, we shouldn't have initiated conflict in the Middle East. But we can't go back to, what, the, the 60s and 70s and make things right? I mean, I myself, I only got into politics after we invaded Iraq. I was against it because I knew there were, there were little to no al-Qaeda in Iraq. And Saddam, you know, hated bin Laden and, and, and them. But we are already there, okay? There is no easy solution. We already stirred the hornet's nest. Do we leave the nest there and just hope they don't make it into the house? Or do we follow through with ensuring that we don't keep getting stung? Anyway, feel free to use the link in the description to send me a voice response if you agree or disagree. You can also find me on Twitter at JFL Podcast. I know this episode probably angered a few of the hardcore anti-war libertarians, and I know there are some of you smart jugglos out there that actually keep up with politics and current events. The time to make yourselves known is coming, my friends. I love to hear all your viewpoints. I'm Alexander T. Roll, and this is Juggalos for Liberty. Whoop whoop.